Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. This is what God partly has called us as a church to do in, in this community. And so that means that it's necessary and it's needful for us to hear what God is wanting to share with us along these lines. And if you recall, we've not been talking about money at all these whole past several weeks. But we've been talking about how poverty and lack affects our lives. But today, we're going to dive into the area of the financial side or the money side of our life as a believer. Can you say amen? I thought maybe you'd get a little squeamish on that one, but you did all right. Praise the Lord. I remember uh, we've got a family that's uh, in the church here, and the, the, the wife, she was attending the church for a good while and uh, just fell in love with the church and started to develop some friendships with, with some of the other ladies in the church, and she kept telling her husband, she says, you know, you ought to just come. You would really like this church. And he says, you know what, churches, they just want your money. They just talk about money. They just want your money. She goes, no, really, our, this church don't do that. They don't put pressure on you. They don't talk about money. They don't, they don't, you know, make you feel obligated to give money. And so he decided to come. And once you know, the very first day he came, we were doing a series on God's financial plan. And he's sitting there, uh-huh. They don't talk about money, right? Well, obviously, he stuck around and he found out that God's good. And so they've been doing well ever since they've been in the church. Praise God. So God wants us to understand these things. And so, uh, again, you say, well, why do you talk about that? You know, the more you talk about it, the more it puts pressure on us or makes us feel obligated. And that's not the point at all. If you recall, the Bible tells us that in Jesus' ministry, it said that Jesus would teach, he would preach, and then he would demonstrate, Right? And so the whole purpose of teaching was to teach biblical principles so that you would begin to to develop faith. And then he would preach, and the preaching would stir your faith to begin to act. And once you step out and acting upon the preaching and the teaching of the Word, the Bible says that God demonstrates His Word, right? Well, why did Jesus teach and preach? I thought he was Jesus. I thought he was God. Well, he was God, but the Bible says that he was the Son of Man. He didn't come as the Son of God. He didn't come in his deity. He couldn't do just what he wanted to do. He had to follow the instructions of the Lord, and he, he had to operate in faith, right? And so the whole reason why he taught people was to get them into a position so that they could trust him. Amen? So that means that Jesus couldn't just do it if he wanted to. It required faith. That's why he taught. Just like you. He can't make you become a Christian. He can't cause you to receive Christ. It's a decision that you make, right? If if God could do anything, he would make you become a Christian, but he can't and he won't. And then once you become a Christian, he would make you be a tither, but he can't and he won't. Why? Because he wants you to do it out of a heart of faith, of trusting God. And so, again, we're going to begin to look at God's financial plan as for us to learn how to break the back of lack. If you recall, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the Apostle Paul on one of his journeys. And the Bible says that they were on a ship and they were headed to Italy and a great storm arose to the point where 
they started throwing stuff overboard. It says the things that they just really didn't have need of, they started getting rid of. Well, if you're losing what you have, that means lack and poverty has hit your life. And then the next day, the storm was still so bad that they started getting rid of things that they did need. So poverty went to a whole nother level. And then it says that they became shipwrecked to where they thought they were going to lose their life. Well, you can't get any more impoverished than losing your life, right? But Paul stood up and says, I believe God. Let's stick together. God has not abandoned us. God is for us. Stick together. God will supply the need and we'll live and not die. And that was exactly what happened. And then they got over to the land, and the Bible tells us that Paul got bit by a snake. And you think if it goes from bad to worse and to top it all off, i got to get bit by a stinking snake. But the Bible says Paul just shook the snake off and continued about his business. So what's the point about that? Is that in the midst of the storm of life, even when it appeared as though poverty was creeping in and affecting their lives... Paul never got into fear. He trusted God. Everybody else around him was getting fearful, thinking, oh, dear God, we're dead. But Paul says, I believe God. See, the number one thing that will cause poverty and lack to creep into our lives is fear. Why is it so difficult for us to be givers? Or to trust God with our finances. Fear. And what do I have fear for? It's because of my relationship with God. Or the closeness that I have. And that's why Paul says. God I want to know who you are. So that he began to learn how to trust God. With just his life. And so that's what we're going to dive into this morning. As to learn how we can live a life. Free from fear. And in trusting God with even the simplest thing as money. Amen? So we said this, that fear is the root of poverty and lack. But notice what Jesus said. He makes makes an interesting statement. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, he says this, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, you've really got to pay attention to what Jesus said, because he did not say, where your heart is, your treasure will follow. He said, where your treasure is, your heart follows your treasure. Amen. So if we genuinely really love God, love our church, love what God's doing, our treasure will reflect our love and our heart towards God, right? And so therefore we could say it this way. We could say, you know, let's look at your checkbook. We'll find out exactly what you love, right? Come on, it's just the truth. But Jesus said, Where your treasure is, is the expression of your heart. So in other words, to the degree that I trust and love God, my money follows. It's just a matter of learning how to trust God. And so the first expression of my heart in honoring God with finances and being able to trust God with money and to take care of me is with this thing called the tithe. You've heard us talk about it, and it's not to beat a dead horse. It's not to beat the same old drum, but it's, again, important for us to understand that as we teach and as we preach, it motivates us to believe and trust God. 
and then God can show up and demonstrate his goodness in our life, right? So here's some scripture to, uh, to apply to that understanding of our first expression of our heart being in this thing called the tithe. In Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 9, verses 9 and 10, it says this. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits, or in other words, your tithe, which means the first or the top, the very first thing that you do, with your first fruits and all of your increase. Verse 10 says, verse 10 says, let me tell you what verse 10 says here. Verse 10 says, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will, fill, will be filled with new wine. He says, now when you honor me in your tithe, bringing the first fruit, he says, I'll make sure that your life is overflowing, that you have more than enough. Well, when it comes to money, it's not really a matter of whether I can. It's really an issue. Can I trust God? Did you hear what I said? When it comes to me being a tither, it's not an issue of whether I can. The question is, is do I trust God? Because if I trust God and I become a tither, he said my life, my barns, my, my entire being begins to overflow. Well, I like the way that sounds, that my life is just running over. It's filled to the brim. I've got more than I have need of. It's just excess because God overflows me. But he says, I want you to be able to trust me. And when you trust me, this is what it looks like. Amen? And it's really just a matter of honoring God. Now, again, we, we've told you that the uh, Pastor Mark and Ms. Trent Hankins were uh, just in, in Sanford this past week. And uh, we've been up in those meetings. And so when we go to those meetings, God's put it in my heart a specific amount for each service that we're in. Well, it's a stretch of faith. And it's not always convenient. And it certainly isn't easy, but God has put it in my heart. This is what I want you to do in these services, and this is the amount. Well, I've got to prepare for that on the front end because I've got to get my faith going. Well, once you know it, my wife, she's like, you know what? Um, God's put it in my heart to do this. So I had to take a deep breath. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so she just gave some, something that was in her heart. And it added to the amounts that we were given. Well, why? Because we're purposing to trust God in his economy. You know, I said that that was when we went to the Hankins. Well, we were supposed to go to a meeting back in January in a meeting of theirs down in Tennessee. But something happened, I don't recall what it was, that, and at the last minute that we were not able to go to the meeting down there in Tennessee. But you know what? He's a supply to me. He speaks into my life. He stirs my faith. He gives direction into my life at different times because he's a spiritual father. He's a pastor to me. And so, therefore, even though we didn't go, you know what did go? My offering. I still said it. Well, you didn't go to the meeting. Well, it didn't matter whether I went to the meeting. I was going to go. But nevertheless, I want what God has for my life. So I'm still going to bless their ministry and send my offering. Man, it would have been so easy to take my wife out to shop that day. 
probably shopped anyways, but praise the Lord. That's beside the point. Amen. What am I talking about? I'm talking about honoring God. Because God says, I'll take care of you. Here's what it says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. It says, bring all the tithe, which is 10% of your increase, into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord, if I want to open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive it. Everybody say, receive it. Come on, say it again, receive it. See, God wants us to receive it, but he says, listen, I want you to be able to trust me. And he says, try me now in this. Test me. I'm a God that wants to be put to the test. Try me. Amen. And upon doing so, God says, I'll bless you, and you won't have room enough for it. Now, notice what he says here in Deuteronomy chapter 6. I know I'm going to give you a couple verses this morning, and so just, just hold on and write them down if you want to. But in Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 1, it says, Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded and teach you, or commanded to teach you. Remember I said that Jesus came to teach us. Why did he come to teach? So that we could grow in our faith. He says, These are the commandments to teach you that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess that you may fear the Lord your God to keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your sons and your grandsons all the days of your life, and that, and that your days may be prolonged. Now notice, notice verse 3. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe. He says that it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord your father, Lord God uh, of your fathers has promised you of the land flowing with milk and honey. So notice three verses that I just gave you. He says, first of all, in Proverbs 3, he says, if you bring your first fruits, your barns will be overflowing. He says, if you bring in your tithe to the church, he says, I'll bless you so much so that you won't have room enough to receive it. He says, if you'll obey the statutes that I'm teaching you, he says, I'll bring you into a land that flows with milk and honey. And again, if you've ever studied out the land of milk and honey or the promised land, it was a land of more than enough. See, that's the place that God's wanting to get us to. But notice what he said. He says, you're crossing over. He says, now, I've given you some instructions. I've taught you. But as you cross over from here to there, it's going to require you to step up. See, you've got to rise, arise to the occasion. See, God says, this is my desire for you, but you've got to arise to the occasion to receive from him. In order for you to receive salvation, you had to arise to the, or arise to the occasion to say, Jesus I receive you into my life. You say, well, I believe God. Well, believing in God don't get you to heaven. Receiving Christ does. So you could believe in God all the days of your life and never arise to the occasion to receive him, and you could still go to hell, right? Are you tracking with me? Because once again, it's important for us to understand that God says, listen, in order for you to receive the blessing, it's just not automatic. Arise to the occasion by using your faith and trusting me. And when you do, your life begins to overflow. It begins to have more than enough. He says, test me. I want you to put me to the test because this is the kind of God that I am. Amen? See, I said 
He's teaching us these things. Well, I just shared with you concerning my children. My son was blessed with, we'll say, $100. And so tithe is 10%. But how we live our life is we, we live on 20%. That's just what's in our heart. We give 10% tithe and we give 10% offering. And so we just teach our kids that. And so we, as we're talking to them, we say, okay, son, this is what it looks like. And this is, okay, dad, no problem. Well, see, he had already seen the blessing and the favor of the Lord. He had already gotten his drone. Just can't wait to fly the thing. And because he's seen the goodness of God, he's like, okay, God, or, okay, dad, if we're supposed to tithe, let's do it. Well, why did he have a heart of doing that? Because he's been taught. And every time he goes to these meetings, now we teach him don't look to man to supply. Don't look to that pastor to always give you something. But nevertheless, I'm going to tell you, my kids always have a great expectation when they go to these meetings. Hey, God showed up the last time. Maybe God will show up this time. Why? Because they've experienced the goodness of God. What happens to us as adults when we get old? It's like, huh, trust God? That's a novel idea. (laughs) Maybe one of these days I'll try that. But God is wanting us to learn to trust him. Amen? And here's what it said. To your sons and your grandsons. See, he wants you not only to live it, he wants you to teach it. He wants you to teach your children. And grandparents, he's wanting you to teach your grandkids. And they should only be reinforcing what your sons and your daughters are teaching them. Right? Oh, you mean this isn't just a mom and dad thing? Oh, grandma and grandpa do that too? Well, no wonder their life is so blessed. I guess it's just a heritage of trust in God. Amen. How many of you want your kids to live better than you? Man, I do. How many of you want your kids to know God better than you do? How many of you want your kids to not experience some of the pitfalls that you have in life? Right? See, we can teach them. We can show them how to. Amen. Well, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 13. Notice what it says here. It says, These things that we also speak, not in word which are man's wisdom, or what man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Did you hear those words? Receive. Remember, we already read that God wants us to receive it. He says this here. He says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. Most people refuse to get out of the place of reasoning in their life. Therefore, most Christians live a life governed by fear. I can't give. I can't be a tither. Because. And you start to reason all the reasons why you can't. And therefore, he says this. He says, I've tried to teach you spiritual things. He said, but... Because you simply look through the lens of the natural man and reason it, it becomes foolish to you. 
I'm supposed to give 10% of my income? No, the 10% was never yours in the first place. God said it belonged to him. It's just a matter of what are you going to do with his, right? Once again, you know, people say, well, if I got it, I'll, I'll give it. But if I don't, I won't. Once again, you're still looking at that tithe as though it belongs to you, and it never did, right? Amen. God's wanting us to get to a place of where we can trust him. But we said that if we don't spiritually understand it, we'll miss out because all we do is live from a position of reasoning. So let me give you an example. See, God has a, a station that he functions in. And, you know, back in the day when I was in high school, there was two radio stations that us kids always, well, three stations. There was, there was uh, 102.5. For those of you that lived in the 80s, you'll remember that. 102.5, and then there was 105.5, and then there was 106.5. Those were the radio stations that all us kids wanted to listen to, right? And so, if you was in your car, and you're wanting to listen to CK 105, you're trying to listen to the rock music of the day. You know, I listen to the hair band stuff, you know, the stuff with, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Motley Crue and Def Leppard and all those things. If I wanted to listen to that music, but all of a sudden I find myself at 600 a.m. I mean, I'm on the radio station. I've got the radio on. But how many of you know, I'll never hear what's on station 105 FM if I'm on station 600 a.m. Right? See, we've got to get tuned in to God's way of doing things. We're wanting to receive. See, when I tune into the radio station at CK 105, I'm looking to receive what's being transmitted through that station. But if I'm not on the frequency or the station and I'm over here, I will never receive what is being broadcast. I can be sitting in the parking lot. Right? I mean, I can see the tower. I mean, I am right there at the station. But if I'm still not tuned in to the right channel, I'll never receive what I'm supposed to. Because I'm not on the right frequency. And what causes me to not be on the right frequency? Fear. The right frequency is to trust God at His Word. Okay, God, you said be a tither. Oh, I'm going to trust you. And you said that my life would overflow. Well, what about? No, listen, I'm turned into the right frequency, so fear is not an issue here. I'm not going to be moved by what I see because I know what God said. Amen? And here's what you'll often hear. People will say this. I just can't afford to tithe well what are you saying I'm afraid and I can't trust God and let's really be honest and this isn't being critical this is myself included I'll take my wife and my kids out to dinner on Sunday afternoon most, most Sundays and half the time what I spend on a dinner could be my tithe every single one of us are spending our tithe. Whether or not it's being appropriated in the right place or whether we're spending it somewhere else. It's not an issue of whether I can. It's just do I choose 
to trust God. Amen? Now listen to this. Oftentimes when we get to that place, we'll say, well, I can't afford it, so I'll just give God a certain amount. Remember, the tithe is 10%. It's a percentage, right? Well, I'll just give him a certain amount. I'll give him $20. I'll give him $50. Well, when you come to church and are not a tither, and you're just giving a set amount, what you're making God is an employee. God, I want you to do all this stuff for me, and here's your salary. (laughs) Come on. Rather than becoming partners with him. See, that's why he says it's 10%, because the percentage makes him a partner with you in your life. Amen. And if he's your partner, isn't it to his advantage that your life starts to increase? Because the more that you increase, the percentage stays the same, but the amount grows. Woo, come on. So it's in God's best interest to honor his word, to increase you as you obey him. Why? Because he's a faithful God. And he wants you to increase and cause you to live a life that is overflowing. God wants you to be a partaker in in this life with him. Amen? As I said, it's in God's best interest that you increase. God is not a God that is trying to take away from you. He's a God that is trying to get to you. And here's the thing. So many times people will say, well... I think my life has done all right, and I've not necessarily been a tither. My life has got plenty of money, but God said, I'll bless you. See, there's all kinds of blessings that you may not ever know you're missing just simply because you don't trust God. And see, the blessing of God is not just a matter of my pocketbook, I want my kids blessed. Oh, I so want them to be blessed. I so desire them to know and love God and to be passionate. My youngest daughter in the service, as we were driving home last night, she said, when they ministered to me last night, she said, I, I just got to the place where I, I just start crying. Why? Because she's starting to have an experience with God, the realness of God, the tangibility of, of God's presence. And she's only 10 years old. Man, I want her to know God's presence. Amen. I want my marriage to be blessed. I want God to bless my wife. I want him to buy her shoes and clothes and purses so I don't have to, you know. <laughs> I, want, I want her blessed. Amen. I want, my, I want my dog to be blessed. You might think that sounds silly. But the Bible says that he'll bless your livestock. Well, what's your livestock? That's your animals, right? I don't know if you've got cats or dogs. And there's times that my, my animals have gotten sick. It's like, well, no, my animals are blessed because I'm blessed. So I'll pray for my animal. Lord, in Jesus' name, you've got to straighten up and act right. Why? Because they're blessed. My stuff is blessed. My vehicle's blessed. My, my washing machine's blessed. My, my furnace is blessed. My air conditioner is blessed. Oh, come on. How many of you have ever lost your air conditioner in the middle of the summer? Or you've lost your furnace in the middle of the winter? Yeah. It's not really fun, is it? 
but my air conditioner and my furnace is blessed. Why? Because I trust God. You see, the blessing of God goes far beyond just money. Amen? I want God to prosper us. And that word blessed means to be empowered to prosper. So that means my marriage, God empowers my marriage to be strong. As a church, He empowers us to be blessed and strong. Why? Because we trust Him. Amen? Amen. Did you do all right this morning? I trust you heard my heart, more importantly, God's heart. Not to feel compelled by obligation, but just to say, God, we're going to learn to trust you. Amen? Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you are so faithful to your word. I thank you that we're coming up and coming out. I thank you that we're going to stop looking at where we're at and as though that is as far as we can go or as far as we can achieve. But God, begin to open up the eyes of our understanding. Because God, you made it all. It all belongs to you. And it doesn't matter whether it's a brand name. It doesn't matter whether it's made out of gold. It doesn't matter whether it's shiny or not shiny. God, you made it all. And if anybody's going to be wearing it, driving it, being blessed by it, it ought to be your kids. And God, we ought to be so adamant to be not ashamed of just the blessing in our life not afraid to step out not afraid to say look at what God's done because you're faithful so God we expect it and God I ask that you would help every single person just lean in to say God I want to know you I want to trust you I want to break the back of lack in my life and experience true privilege. And we'll thank you for it before we see it. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life